I'm Kerry Fink, and welcome to Kingdom Living Podcast with Glenn Reppel. How are you today, Glenn? Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you, Kerry. I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am about today's episode of Kingdom Living and our very special guest, because Glenn, uh, it seems like, you know, we're, we're like into episode, this is actually today, episode number 38 uh, in the Kingdom Living series, all of which are available at therepleminute.com. So as you uh, learn and get inspired and get uh, revelation from the, the various Bible teachings that are part of this, you'll want to go back and pick up on the series. And it's very easy for you to do. You just go to therepleminute.com and you'll find those there. But Glenn, early, I remember this, this seems fairly early in the series. You shared something as you were teaching us about green line, red line living, uh, about what you call the fractured father syndrome. And you'd gotten this revelation from a book called No Child Without a Father, which is actually the title of today's episode of Kingdom Living. And I'm really excited to hear us talk about that today because it's so foundational to everything that uh, you explain and teach when we talk about green line, red line living, Glenn. It, it really is, and and uh, it really describes and and uh, Paul Benjamin, uh, uh, which I'm going to introduce in, in a minute. But this this is a this is his book, uh, uh, no no child without a dad, and he so well describes in there the fractured father syndrome, and and again uh, that is uh, at the fall uh, we all we all are yearning for the, we have that orphan spirit inside of us looking for our father. And so Paul has done such a great job, but then we also have the fractured father syndrome here on earth. Uh, so, 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 so we, we have both situations going on. So if we don't have an earthly father, uh, it makes it that much more difficult uh, to really embrace our heavenly father who, who wants to come and love us and sit in his lap and just heaven is open to us now. And so it really makes it difficult uh, uh, to, 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 for some of these people. And, and so uh, Paul just got uh, through speaking uh, at, at a Promise Keepers luncheon. And so we're just so thankful that he joined us here. And uh, uh, Paul uh, has been impacted uh, here. Uh, we live in Orlando and he was up in Sanford and, and he was a, a major uh, part of the Trayvon Martin in quelling some of the issues that happened uh, with, with the Trayvon Martin uh, situation. And this happened just outside his door, 500 yards from his home. And so uh, as, as a pastor, a part of, 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 the, of the Dream Center, uh, and, and, and he's really had such an impact worldwide now, bringing uh, the, the, the whole idea of fathers to children, to their families. And uh, Paul, thank you for, for, for being here today. And just, just tell us a little about what, what's gone wrong. What's, what's happened here uh, to our nation and, and, and what's really happened uh, that's caused the events that we're seeing today. Well, um, what we're looking at today is really the fallout of what happened back in the beginning, because I, I share that principle you just mentioned with the father fracture syndrome. Um, it first started in heaven. 
the, the first fracture happened when Lucifer was kicked out. So Lucifer is really a fatherless angel that came with that venom. And he's got, as I explained in the book, he's got a minus seven GC, which means his, his spirit is the spirit of murder. And he came down and did, did, as the Bible says in John 10, to kill, steal, and destroy. And so it his um, so-called impregnation, what happened in the beginning has influenced the whole man, um, nation. So people who have yielded to his spirit are being used today to impact the nation. So they are impacting the fathers, the families. And as I shared, the very word family comes from the word father. So as the father goes, so goes the family. And we're seeing what Paul the Apostle said in the last days. Um, they, there's going to be riots and, and uh, warfare between families and nations. So we're just seeing now the final um, culmination of all of the actions of the enemy living out in the lives of families today. So we're calling dads to become conformed to the image of their heavenly dad rather than what um, Jesus said in John 8. Rather than being of your father, the devil, which a lot of the, the, the people did in his, his days. So we have those two fathers have been at war from the very beginning. The father, the enemy, Satan, who is to destroy and to take life. And the father on the right or heavenly dad, who was there to bring life and to save life. Mm. Wow. Wow. You know, and one of the things that you've, you've been so instrumental as you speak around and you're trying to help bring peace uh, and to, to the various communities that are, that are being suffering. One of the statistics you bring up is 90% of the crimes are committed by, in, in the inner city, uh, are committed by fatherless, fatherless use. 90% of the runaway use are from fatherless homes. Uh, 90% of the school shooters have mental issues and come from fatherless homes. 85% of the use in jail are from fatherless homes and 80% of the rapists are from fatherless homes. So, wow, these are statistics that are, are just uh, overwhelming. Uh, and, and I know that you're working uh, on helping bring uh, the truth uh, to, 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 to this, uh, this devastating impact here. And I know it impacted you uh, because this has been a part of your calling uh, as, as you go out and travel as you are today, uh, traveling and speaking. Uh, so, so what do you see are some of the, the solutions? How, how, do we, how do we resolve some, some of these major, major issues that are happening? Yeah, I shared a principle, um, the, the glory code. Um, the Bible talks about the glory of a child is their dad. And um, to quickly sum it up for the audience, um, as oxygen is to your body, so is the glory code to the emotional and mental health of a child and an individual. That's why you have celebrities and CEOs still looking to hear that affirmation from a father. Mm -hmm. And until that is quenched, they're still looking for it. Mm -hmm. um, even the, the heavenly father thought he was so important that in John, in, in Matthew 3, when Jesus was baptized, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Upon that seal of his son, Jesus was tested for 40 days without food. So the, the affirmation and the glory code that comes from dad will seal a child and give them fighting power to endure life. So today, that problem that you just mentioned, 
we, the body of Christ, now God has called us to stand in the gap for the fatherless and to take his modeled image of father to this generation that have no dads. So we're challenging Promise Keepers men as we go to Promise Keepers this year. Why not take a fatherless young man with you and begin a mentoring process? And then after Promise Keepers, sign up and sign up for one of my training seminars where I can get you trained on how to now effectively mentor and impact your community and become an impact center in your own city. As I travel and I see all the cities and the, the depressed areas, we're calling for the men of God to take a stand because the reflection of our cities is a reflection of the church and the reflection of the church is a reflection of the family and the reflection of the family is a reflection on the man. So it comes back to the feet of men and of dads for us to now take ownership in our communities. I really liked in the book, the glory code. I, I just, the, the way you define it and, and uh, uh, because the, the glory of God was lost at the fall. And so uh, we're, all, we're all sinners seeking the glory of God. And so, so, so we're, we're in right. need of this glory of God. And so we're seeking the father and we want his glory. And uh, boy, thank God for Jesus. Cause he's coming. He did redeem us. And so, uh, yeah. So, so you're, you're bringing hope to these, these, these cities and to these. Uh, and so, so what is this process that, that, that you put together that, that can help uh, the, these cities. And, and I know you went out to speak in St. Louis uh, and you've been speaking around other places that they've been so devastated uh, with some of the, uh, the issues that, that have happened in these cities. And uh, so, so what, what, how, what are you doing? What do you see as, as some of the major, major issues in, in, the, black, in, in the black community? Well, in the black community, um, nine out of 10 of these young men have no dads. They're, um, even 90% of, of pastors in the urban community were raised by single moms. And so uh, when the mandate is to really model the image of fatherhood, there's not much men to model it. And so therefore we're asking suburban churches to link arms and come together with urban churches and begin a cross-cultural mentoring process and establishing um, the impact centers um, there's three levels to an impact center, as I share in the book. And um, we all can partake in number one, which is the father's table. The father's family table is where we begin to have couples become um, more or less kind of spiritual adoptive mentoring parents, where we train them how to become um, involved in the lives of these fatherless families and with the single mom and with the children. And it has been very effective. Um, I've been doing it for over 20 or 30 years. We've seen a single mom who wanted nothing to do with men, who hated men after being part of that father's family table for one month, wanted to get married. And you and I know that in the urban communities, um, the, the rate of marriage is very low. And so with this model, it will begin to revitalize the community and the families spiritually, socially, and economically. We will teach them how to start businesses, not only to teach them how to get a fish, but how to ultimately own the lake where you can become a city influencer. And um, so those are the strategies. 
we don't want to go out there and like certain people are saying, go and wash black people's shoes. No, no, we want to go out there and give you an opportunity because the kingdom is about an opportunity and how we can come alongside you and teach you kingdom principles, not as a handout, but as a hand up to empower you to be self-sufficient to the glory of God. You know, I wanted to uh, jump into the conversation just a little bit because I'm so fascinated by the fact that the premise behind Kingdom Living, as you know, Paul, is a book that Glenn Reppel, it's kind of interesting that a financial, uh, I would call him a financial expert who's built a very successful company helping people manage money would title a book called Fraud, but he goes back to the enemy's uh, uh, subterfuge in the garden as where the basis of all this begins. And just as you start as the basis for your book, you say the same thing. It begins with that uh, orphan spirit, th this whole idea. And what I wanted to ask you about is because everything we hear in the news today, everything that pops up, you know, we hear all these words that sound very important. Like we're all, I, I think everybody would agree that we want social justice. Now we may disagree on the definition and probably maybe even disagree on some of the routes to get there. But a lot of this sure does seem like the family unit itself is under an attack. Yeah, we don't want social justice. We want biblical justice because social justice is subjective to the one that, that wants the justice. But when you bring biblical justice into the picture, now you're bringing God's perspective and God's mandate to influence the family. God is the one that established family. And Glenn's book is, is appropriately named The Fraud because it is a deception from the garden that has influenced the entire world. Amen. And as a financial man, the Bible talks more about finances than about love. Mm -hmm. And so Glenn tapped into the principle of God's word and is showing how the fraud and deception of the enemy has really robbed us at a level from the family to the community. Um, for example, um, you're talking about social justice. The war on poverty has spent over the last 60 years, $22 trillion, right? And we went from having in the urban community, 70 to, eight, 70 to 80% of the fathers were in the home. Now you only have 10%. So is that success or is that a failure? So therefore social justice would be, let us get the dads trained, equipped, employed, and back in the home where they can become the provider of the home rather than the taxpayer foot in the bill of 22 plus trillion dollars. And we've produced more single moms, more murder through abortion, more um, drug use, more crime in our cities and more abandonment and more unemployment through that model. So it is a failed model, it's unbiblical. So if we wanna bring biblical justice and honor and glory the Bible says that there's a glory in work, Colossians 3.23. So therefore, we need to bring opportunities so that we can go back to work. Jesus said, my, fa my father is working until now, and I too am working. So let us bring back the glory of work and opportunity back into the community. Let us stop burning our cities, and let us begin to be the catalytic changes and bring... Um, that's why I love... Um, our Senator Tim Scott, who uh, worked with President Trump 
to bring what is called opportunity zones. That's a biblical term, opportunity, because the kingdom gives us an opportunity to create wealth and sustenance for our families, not to depend on the taxpayer to pay the bill. But is one of the things that we keep hearing a lot, Glenn, and I'm sure you can comment on this too, but you know, when we turn on the news, what we're always hearing is that maybe a lot of this has to do with the inequity that happens, like with the police force. There is this, uh, this uh, feeling or narrative or reporting that says the problems that originate in the Black communities happen because of the policing and things like that. And I'm curious as to how you explain that or how, or how when we look at it from a biblical perspective, we, we can maybe answer that when our friends are saying, well, this is what the problem is. Well, actually, um, the first authority in the home is the dad. And with the dad absent, the next authority is the police department. So when you have the dad absent, you have the increase of crime, anger. And that's why all of these, these black men that are being killed, they're all being acting out in some kind of rage. They're either on some type of drugs or they're doing something illegal that activated the law enforcement to get involved. Well, if you don't have a dad to instill justice and discipline, now it's turned over to the law enforcement to do it. So really the law enforcement now are taking up the role that the fathers were supposed to do to bring justice and discipline in the home. And so they get the bad rap. Officers are losing their lives left and right. But the old mantra um, with, came out with Black Lives Matter, pigs in a blanket, fried them like bacon. That word created a spirit, which has now created a movement that are now killing police officers. The rate of officers being killed is up 1100%. So we now, as the body of Christ, if we go in and begin to mentor these young men and defuse them in a relationship, because don't forget, the law enforcement comes in with discipline, but there's no love. The father brings love through discipline. So discipline without love leads to rebellion and the, the, the anarchy that we're seeing in our communities. And then these guys become national heroes for um, doing something wrong and their lives are counted because it now creates a narrative of um, disunity in our country. So that's how we need to move forward from here as a nation. We had a conversation uh, the other day, and I thought it was fascinating because I asked the question, uh, is how much of this, from your experience, ends up being a race problem versus an economic problem? Because a lot of times, you know, when we talk about this perceived inequity of how Black youth are treated, versus somebody who may come from a different background. And that's, I guess, part of the argument that we hear in critical race theory and all this is that there are just different classes. Some are oppressed, some are oppressors. I can't really, for myself, I haven't been able to find any biblical substantiation for that, but I'm curious, you must be confronted with that and how you, uh, how you respond with that. Well, well, back in the day, a lot of the, the policing um, did have a racial overtone but now it's mostly because when you see 85% of people that are in jail are, are black males, um, it's because 90% of them are being raised without dads. And when you don't have that discipline, and I share the, the economic um, component there, for example, 
when when one young man got into trouble and he got a call from his son, he just um, picked up the phone and called the judge. And the judge was his friend that he just finished playing golf with. But and so the dad picked up the phone, called the judge. His son is back home before four o'clock. Now, in the urban community, the child has no dad, picks up the phone. There's nobody to call. Right. Because dad. And so he gets thrown into jail. He gets a long rap. And most times he, he meets his dad for the first time in jail. And so therefore, there is a relationship when you have that influence of a dad involved and to mitigate those problems. So, um, but our nation now is using that narrative to destroy and to divide us because there's a lot of money being made from dividing us racially. Just follow the amount of billions that are being poured out to BLM on the cause and the plight of using it as a race thing. And there's nothing racist about it. Yeah, because I think you explained even in that particular scenario that you just described, you might think one is a, a, a black family and one was a white family. But as you finished telling the story, you said they were all black families. They're, they're, they're both black families. Yep. One had a dad and one didn't. Wow. And so, yep. And that's why this um, July, um, I want to take... Um, the fatherless young men to promise keepers. And um, so if you want to roll that video clip to um, invite people, we're asking promise keepers men this year, as you're going to promise keepers, whether you're going to a sample cast event at a local church, or you're coming to the main event in Arlington at the AT&T stadium, we would like for you to reach out and bring a fatherless young man from your church and from your community to this event. America is in a crisis. The death of Trayvon Martin and George Floyd amplified the fatherless pandemic in urban inner cities across America, where nine out of 10 youth are fatherless. George Floyd's son said, no man or woman should be without their father. 90% of crimes are committed by the fatherless and all crimes are usually committed within one mile from a church building. The time is now. Partner with the author of the book, No Child Without a Dad, Paul Benjamin Sr., by sponsoring and investing in this generation of fatherless youth. His vision is to see over 1,000 fatherless young men attend a Promise Keepers men's event this year. Your investment will leave a positive legacy. Go to www.nochildwithoutadad.com and make a difference today. Now, when the men take the young men to this event, now we want to train them afterwards to become mentors and to become impact centers in their community. Glenn, when you wrote the chapter in the book, uh, Fraud, What God Has to Say About Taxes the Enemy, and you wrote about the orphan spirit and how we have this yearning that's built inside of us to, to find our father and to, to connect with that. And I know I've heard you and Paul talk before about the fact that some of this seems to be that uh, the anger comes from not knowing who their father is. In fact, I've had our pastor explain before, he says very hard, uh, because ours is a predominantly black church, that he said it's very hard to explain the love of a father, our holy uh, father, God the father, to somebody that's never had that experience in their life, Glenn. Yeah, uh, that, that is so true. Uh, yeah, that how and, and how we're looking for that love. We're, we're, and, and so, so because we look for it a lot of different places, 
uh, we're looking at it through alcohol or drugs or our, our sexual deviant sex and, and, and just all the wrong places that yet when someone brings the gospel, much like what Paul's talking about through promise keepers, where the love, the love of a family, uh, a love of a father, bringing them there and mentoring. So that's a key thing that Paul does too, is, is bringing in the mentoring program, which is discipleship, walking and showing the love to a young person uh, that, that they really care about them. And that's the discipleship process I went through. Uh, a man spent 18 months just loving on me and pointing me to the love of Jesus Christ uh, and what that meant. So yeah, is, is that we have to have mentors also showing this. So, so these families that uh, are, are, are part of the program that Paul's got. So yeah, the love of God. Is, is it not that we love God, but that God loved us. So we get that idea first, all of a sudden the love of the father just comes in and, and we hear that voice and we, we can't go back. So that's, that's such an important part of overcoming that orphan spirit is to know that the finished work that went on, uh, on, on the cross. And one of the things, you know, Glenn, as we talk about green line, red line living, you know, that fatherless spirit is that, you know, it's that spirit of rebellion. It's that uh, a dog eat dog. I have to look out for number one because nobody else is out for me kind of thing. It's when you do that. And folks, if you're new to the kingdom living series, uh, particularly, I always like to point people at episode six and seven, which Glenn does a tremendous job of working through the uh, three most important historical events and how they interact and how through the uh, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are returned to the green line living. But if you're down on that red line living, everything is carnal. Everything is about how do I get through this world? And so, Paul, I wanted to ask you, 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 you pointed out uh, several examples along the way of the price that society pays for uh, not having fathers in the home. You, you mentioned, for example, the Parkland school shooting. And you said this is yet one other uh, place where school violence is done by a fatherless young man or woman. Yeah, the Parkland school shooting. Um, Mr. Cruz was a fatherless young man. And there are so many signs that I talk about with the glory code that indicates the level where you are with your glory code. And it determines when somebody's about to commit suicide or even murder. And as we look at all the school shootings, these are young men that came from fatherless homes. And the, the, the relationship with the father determines the mental health of that child. And we see it all the way into adulthood. And when we look around at a homeless situation, um, they're coming from fatherless homes. I've never met a father, a, a person on a home, homeless front yet that hasn't been dealing with that. So the Parkland school shooting, that young man was without a dad and he was acting out out of the rage and the anger of being rejected. And as I shared earlier, the ultimate love in a person's life comes from the father. The father brings that capstone seal. And because God is the ultimate heavenly father and he brings that seal. So he's placed that capstone in fathers. And people say, well, what about moms? Moms carry a seal, but dads carry the capstone seal. And until dad seals it, that child still keeps looking for it. So we need to realize there's a cost to the breakup of families and how we're trying to ostracize the role of dads today 
and eradicate the, the, the biblical role model of families, it is the greatest impact we can make against society that is going to cost us trillions and trillions of dollars more that we're trying to fix with the opioid crisis. 93% of them are coming from fatherless homes. Every situation, we're talking about human trafficking. Everybody's trying to fix the human trafficking, but 93% of those girls, again, are from broken family homes without dads. Or one in three of those girls have lost their virtue to a man called dad. And that happens mostly in step-parent homes or the, the mama, baby brothers, um, boyfriends, and so on. So it comes back to dads being the protectors, not the predators. And that comes back to a relationship with Christ. Wow. Wow, that, that's, that's a huge statistic there to, to look at. And, you know, and you talk about uh, Black privilege and, and the impact that that's, what, what impact is that having on, on our nation? You've talked about that before. Oh, man, it's huge. I, I really, um, we keep hearing about white privilege, but there's Black privilege. And Black privilege became more prominent when the, the election of the first Black president um, who empowered, I shared a story with the Trevon Martin case, uh, when President Obama back then um, said that if he were younger, he would have been, he could have been Trevon Martin, and Trevon Martin could have been his son. And what that did, um, he also said, nobody understands the plight of the black male. So since then, we've seen, right after the trial of Trevon Martin, um, three white women were robbed in their car, uh, in their garage, and in their driveways. And the young men said, we're doing this in the name of Trevon, right? And so we look around at Colin Kaepernick and all of these Black millionaire sports celebrities um, that are using Black privilege and are doing things at a level that has given them exposure in the media. Um, that they're being be victims and so on. And the amount of things that the Blacks are getting away with now that they could not have done years ago because now everything has turned since Trevon died, the birth of Black Lives Matter came about. And now white churches are giving money to um, Black Lives Matter. Corporations are giving money to them. And Black Lives Matter is a hate group they're a, a Marxist hate group that hates family because they too were impacted by a dad. So that anger and that venom of fatherlessness and has now taken all these things and is going rampant where now there's cooperation to saying we must wash black people's shoes. We've got to do this. The blacks don't have to wear a mask. They're exempt and so on and so on. So blacks are now, um, the, the tables have turned where officers are afraid to even touch a black person to arrest them because there's cameras rolling and the officer is ostracized because now they use, the media is using that black privilege to pillage America and to pillage the economy. So how do you respond to, or how do, maybe a better question is how do you uh, when you're working with churches and ministry groups who are very aware, you know, I, I think you could not have been raised in America and have not understood uh, the challenges of history that we've gone through 
Uh, some will make the argument that we just need to erase it, pretend it never happened, while other people would say, no, we need to understand all the historical context because that way is the only way to prevent history from repeating itself. But one of the things that seems uh, kind of a diametric uh, opposites is when you square all the things that happened in the civil rights movements of the 60s and, and Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, plea that one day we'll be judged on the content of our character, not by the color of our skin, but yet today we're hearing the opposite message, which is that depending on the color of your skin, you are uh, deserving of certain things just because of the color of your skin. Yeah, for um, the affirmative action, if a white person walked in for a job and they, they're qualified, they couldn't get it because that slot was only preserved for a black person. So it was not based on the content of your character, it was based on the color of your skin. And so now we have companies like um, in, in Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot says, we will not interview any black, any uh, white, any white reporters, you have to be black. So only black reporters can report. So therefore we are seeing the imbalance of injustice now flipped on the opposite side where it's based on color, not character. So yeah. we, need to, we need to teach these young men, it's based on your character, no longer your color. And if we treat people based on their character, it will be an even playing field. So how, you know, this critical race theory has, has just been rolling out. We see school systems and, and just the whole teaching. What, what's your thoughts there? What impact is, is that going to have on, on our culture? Is, is that this whole woke uh, dynamic that's going on? Yeah, the critical race theory is, is, um, is based out of Proverbs where the, the, end, the, the Bible says, train up a child the way they should go. So here it is, a critical race theory is here to train the children how to be racist from the foundation. So now they will begin to look at their friends through a racial prism and even widen the chasm of racism and increase that divide in our nation even further. Under um, the, the Obama's administration, America became more racially um, divided. And um, one of our prayer calls there was a lady in um, Michigan, an older white lady that said before President Obama, I used to get along with my black neighbors. But after him, they, they look at me as some old white woman and they will not talk to me. So this has caused a lot of racial rift, but don't look at the racial card only, follow the money. Look at the billions and billions of dollars that are being raised under this racial divide. Look at now where white companies, the moment you mention anything of a racial overtone pertaining to blacks, you will be sued or blackballed. And so these companies are paying the tunes of millions of dollars to stay off of that black list, so to speak. And they're coughing up millions and millions. That's how BLM is able to raise billions of dollars to buy homes and things that they can squander while there's no money poured into the community. Eight out of 10 babies in New York are murdered through abortion that are being born. You know, one of the things that we've talked about too is we've said in, in one of our uh, podcasts was the, I, everything is political. And we talked about, 
and this is the green line, red line, is it's either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. And, and, and Paul, you've done such a good job uh, with this uh, uh, fractured father syndrome idea and this glory code of identifying when this happened. And what you've done also that I think is just fantastic is, is you're coming up with solutions for the inner, because if we can just raise up fathers and, and young people uh, to understand their purpose and destiny is in Christ, our heavenly father, it really begins changing lives. And, and I know that you've got testimonies of young people uh, that, that have come through uh, your processes. Uh, uh, and so would you share one of those or a couple of them uh, as, as, as those, those lives have been changed? Yeah, we had one of the young men who was um, about to start selling drugs. He was raised without his dad. He was told he was SLD, ADD, H, all the different Ds that we know that single moms use to um, get their children labeled so that they can collect SSI. So now he is now grown. He's been at the Dream Center. And all of a sudden now he's um, unemployed and he was about to start selling drugs. He got a hold of my number somehow, got me on, on my text on my cell phone. We got reconnected. And in a short order, he got rid of his old girlfriend that they were getting into their drug business with and turned his life over to Christ and made a full U-turn. Now he's back in corporate America. He's married and he's doing a whole lot better. He's about to buy his own home. And so those are things when we interrupt our schedule to invest in somebody else's life, we can change their destiny. And this is what we want to do. We want to interrupt your schedule, put the remote control down, intervene and share the love and the heart of the Heavenly Father and begin to interrupt somebody's life to change their destiny. And that's the beauty. And that's getting out of our comfort zone uh, of being in the pew and getting out there. So, so this is something everybody can do is invite a, a, a fatherless child, a young person uh, into the home and, and, and uh, begin mentoring and loving on them. And then those that uh, can bring them to promise keepers is just uh, just a fantastic thing. So, so how do we how do we get a hold of you, uh, Paul? How can people that are watching this uh, get in contact with you? Well, they can go. Um, I've I've got multiple websites, but the the book is No Child Without a Dad. They can go to NoChildWithoutADad.com and um, LifeCentersGlobal.com, and um, but we want to train you how to do this. Um, Glenn said, bring them into the home. We don't recommend that right away. We want to get you trained first because there are certain parameters and, and pitfalls I want to save families from. But if you're ready to inter interact and get trained and equipped, you go to um, nochildwithoutadad.com and there's a lot of resources there to sign up to take a fatherless young man at Promise Keepers. And there's going to be ongoing training. If you want to invite me to speak at your church and set up an impact center, we can come and train you how to do that. And so we just want to activate you. We can see God turn this nation around in our time. We don't have to wait for the uh, world to go um, to the further left. We can now, we are here for such a time as this, in this season, to turn America around back to God. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Such a powerful impact. And again, the book that we're talking about is No Child Without a Dad and with Paul Benjamin Sr., uh, who uh, has been kind to share with us today on today's edition of Kingdom Living. If you've enjoyed this, remember that you can get a hold of a lot of the resources. I encourage you to visit thereppleminute.com. We're going to make sure, by the way, that there's links there. So everything that you've heard about today, you're going to be able to uh, follow through and take that positive action step. You know, it's often said it's easy to see a problem. It's very difficult to find a, a constructive path or a constructive solution. And that sure is what is happening here with Paul Benjamin. And it dovetails perfectly, like we talked about, with everything, the fraud that has been committed uh, by the enemy. It's just one other example of that as we talk about the orphan spirit and all those things connected. So again, all those materials are available at thereppleminute.com. You can also subscribe there to Glenn's Monday through Friday. We call it a moment of biblical encouragement. Every morning, Monday through Friday, the Repl Minute, which Glenn, you've been doing since 2006. I, I, I really want to encourage you to share this video with friends, with interested, uh, maybe your coworkers, colleagues, people that you know and care about. Together, we can, we can change the trajectory by making the truth known. And Glenn, as we get to the end of this today, I was going to ask you if you would pray over us and all of, of Paul's efforts that he get the favor and the, the, the connections and that somebody viewing this is, it, this is going to be life-changing for them and they're going to be part of the solution and, and part, of the, part of what needs to be healed here. Yes, yes. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we just, Father, we thank you. We thank you for Paul Benjamin Sr. and what, what he's doing, the call that you put on his life. And Father, these young people that are looking for Abba Daddy, Abba Father. And Father, just uh, those people that are listening and watching today, Father, just put on their hearts now a name or a person uh, that, 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 could, that could go to Promise Keepers. We just pray your favor over this meeting at Promise Keepers, at Promise Keepers in every church, in every city that Paul goes in, that the glory, the glory of God would go with him everywhere he goes in protection of his family and his travels. And may the word, words of his mouth, the meditations of his heart be acceptable. Lord, we know your word does not return void, that hearts and lives are turned back to Abba, Abba, Father. Father, we just thank you and we just praise you in the mighty name and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And thank, Amen. thank you, Paul, for joining us today. And thank you, Glenn, for, uh, for just hosting this uh, wonderful opportunity to, to get in front of people, not only here in the United States, but as you know, the audience for Kingdom Living has been growing exponentially worldwide as well. And I think sometimes people maybe outside of the country sometimes looking at some of the news stories and scratch their heads. And so I think this is a great opportunity to help people understand who you were created to be and that you can enjoy the green line living. So on behalf of Glenn and Paul, we look forward to seeing you at the next edition of Kingdom Living. God bless you. Bless you. God bless. Thank you.